Walk on, walk on with hope in your heart, and you'll never walk alone. That song dedicated to rapper Benitez, or should that be Agent Benitez? Don't stop, Randy! Ratons! I feel like you were doing a scene from Encanto there, and I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, this is the Week in the Tackle podcast. I'm celebrity West Ham fan and Jason Statham impersonator, regional champion 2017 Tom Rennie. Alongside me is MLS legend, a man who is very much the embodiment of the living Benjamin Button. It is Brian Dunseth. How are you, mate? You are right? We don't talk about Bruno, no, oh. no, no. Why? Why? Why did you do it? Why did you do it? Why would you have done that? Oh, oh. do you know what? Yeah. I wish we had the opportunity to start the program again because we could have done. We don't talk about Rafa. No, no, no. <laughs> we don't talk about Rafa. But it's such a great continue. movie. By the way, it's such a great movie. Plot's weak, but the songs are good. Anyway, yeah. how are you, mate? What have you been up to? Uh, surviving, man. It's a nice and sharp this week. Not seven minutes on what we've been up to because we're not particularly interesting people. So nice and sharp. What's been going on? Soccer. Soccer Good. Monday, soccer Tuesday, soccer Wednesday, soccer Thursday, soccer, soccer Friday, soccer Saturday, and no soccer today. But my four-year-old, my three-year-old turns four years oh. old tomorrow. So birthday and, party. Birthday and what, party. Uh, uh, did you sort the present? I, I said I was going to make this short, and now I'm already been drawn in. Yeah. Um, what, did you, what have you got so for him, we kind of went to the learning store. Kids like obsessed with stuff. So we were kind of like, he likes building stuff. He likes playing Fortnite with his brothers. He likes Minecraft stuff. So we did a little bit of that stuff. We're actually going to take him and his brothers to Super Target to let them go shopping. And he basically has $20 from both of his brothers where his brothers get to let him choose what he's going to get. And then uh, we have something um, called Turtle Pie. It's an ice cream birthday cake mm-hmm. uh, that I am absolutely obsessed with i have it for my birthday since i was 12 years old and i have now gifted it to my children so it is a baskin robbins turtle pie uh which is going to be picked up promptly following the finish here on week in the tackle does it taste like turtle or is it served in a shell (laughs) turtle turtle am i not turtle enough for the turtle club is it Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um no it's 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 a (laughs) yep Yep. 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 It's a, uh, it's a basically like, you know, Oreo cookies, like the outside of Oreos. It's like crumbled. That's the, that's the bottom of the ice cream. Uh, the, I guess the, how, how they served in the pan and mm. then the ice cream. And it's got a, it's got a little bit of everything, man. It's got a little pecan. It's got Ooh. a little, um, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. Look it up. It's great. Hey, Turtle pie. I'm into it. And I like it. And I like the fact that your son likes to build things because I tell you what needs rebuilding. It's Everton. Classic segue. Uh, let's get to Everton um, because it, uh, there's so much to talk about this week. We'll talk about Man City just walking over a Chelsea team who played like early 90s Wimbledon. We'll talk about <laughs> Jack Harrison at the game that I was at. Former MLS star now at Leeds scoring his first ever hat-trick in a well-deserved win for, for a half-fit Leeds United against West Ham. Massive win for them as well to move them away from the bottom three and kind of put Everton in it too. Um, you know, we'll talk about all that sort of stuff, but we've got to start with the fact that if you lose to Norwich, you deserve to get sacked. That was the mantra of our show last week. 
That's something we've said all year about anyone that loses to Norwich. If you lose against a shower that bad against a playing personnel that far below the bar, Mm. you should get sacked. The incredible thing about Rafa Benitez being sacked on Sunday, which most of the sporting world knew about on Saturday following that dismal performance at Carrow Road, is that over the last three to five weeks... Everton, who are maybe the worst run club in the Premier League because the amount of money that's gone into it has not justified the results at all. And I think I'm right in saying since David Moyes left the club to go to Man United back in 2013, this will be their eighth appointment, permanent manager appointment they've made. And the front runner, as we speak to you, is... um, Please say it. Please say it. Roberto Martinez. No, that's not the front runner. He's the actual no. front runner. He's the one no. they want. He's I the refuse. one they want. It's Wayne Rooney. No, it isn't going it to be the Rooney. Wayne Rooney. It's not going to be the Rooney. Come it on, there's no be. way. It's, it it's not. Be. I want that for banter, but it yes. isn't going to be Rooney. That they want Bobby Bobby Marty back. Mm. Yeah, alongside Big Dunk. But Big Dunk, by the way, how does yes. he survive all this? What are you going to sack sur- him? Well, I'm saying, yeah. Well, that's a good point. He's he's the one that survived all these eight managers. I'd love, and I apologize, Andy, in advance for this, but let's do a little role play. Okay. Uh, I'm an executive walking up to Duncan yeah. Ferguson. Um, Duncan, wonderful, legendary status at this yeah. club, and, and you've been a great servant. You were, you were great in caretaker charge, and you've been a great support to all the managers over the last eight years. But unfortunately, we're going to let you go. Off, Tom! That's pretty much exactly how it would go. Sorry, okay. Andy. Sorry, so Andy. we apologize, Andy. That's swear one. We're allowed four per show. Uh, Tim's not here this week, by the way, because he's turning, he says, 30. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> F- off, Tim. <laughs> um, right. But in the last couple of weeks, Rafa Benitez had this fallout famously with Luca Dean, right? Mm. And Luca Dean, in his statement, said it only takes one man for a love affair at a club to come to an end, plus £200,000 a week at another club helps too. Um, Rafa Benitez also saw off Marcel Brantz. <laughs> who was the man doing most of the transfers, yep. not all the transfers, because uh, we know that Farhad Mashiri very much gets involved in transfers. We are pretty much under the acceptance now that he's the man that signed Iwobi. And again, if you lose to Norwich, you get sacked. If you sign Iwobi, you get double sacked, uh, unless you're Duncan Ferguson, in which case we're not brave enough to do so. Um, a few other people have gone. I think the head of medical or one of the top physios yep. has gone. Yep. So yep. a few real Big honchos at Goodison Park have been told to mosey on out of town. Going to stop that analogy now. Doesn't make sense, I know. Um, to get the ferry across the Mersey, here's your fee to get on the ferry and get over to the Wirral, you loser, right? <laughs> so that's what's been done. Yeah. And they've said, who do we back here? Brants and all this mob or Rafa Benitez? On Friday... I was on Grumpy Pundits on Sirius XMFC. And I, my point was, which goes to show how great my points always are. They've clearly chosen Rafa. They've chosen Rafa. And whatever happens from now, they have to stick with Rafa until the end of this season, at least, because the rebuilding job at Everton through years of ineptitude is going to be massive. And they have one of football's best club builders currently in charge. However, personally unpopular he might be, and all of that, however unpopular he was at the start, he has the job now, and you take away the Liverpool stuff, he is very much the right sort of person to be in charge. They lose on Saturday, come Sunday, he is sacked. 
200 days in charge of a basket case club like Everton, the second shortest serving manager in Toffee's history. Dunny, was it the right thing to do? Should he ever have got the job? And what on earth are they going to do now? Uh, by the way, I am currently searching and scrolling for Hamas Rodriguez on Twitter just to see if he had anything to say about the sacking of Rafa Benitez. And no, not yet. But by the way, save someone's life. The I know. Day. I mean, he can, save so- he can save someone's life, but he can't save the Everton career of Rafa Benitez. Eh? That's true. Well, because Rafa kicked him out. Rafa, it was a, it was a battle, right? It was uh, swinging him, putting him on the table and saying, mine are bigger than yours. You're out. Uh, I remember what we experienced together at Real Madrid. But that doesn't matter. Like you said, Marce- Hamas, he wins that in the summer coming in. Marcel Brands and whoever behind the scenes. That was a power play. We talked about it on, on Counterattack as well. Lucas Digne, um, by the way, does he not look like a Parisian detective just missing a trench coat and an unfiltered red? I, I just can't get it out of my <laughs> Do you head think? every time I see him. Yeah. Like, he looks a little bit like if the cast of Riverdale remade Poirot. I live in Utah. I have no idea what the hell. That I, was an amazing was reference. It? Was amazing. it really good? Okay. You know, Hercule Poirot, Agatha Christie's famous Belgian detective? Nope. Andy, sorry, mate. Read a f***ing book. <laughs> do you know Do you know? That's John? my two. That's okay. my two, but that oh, was worth it. Because you that's, don't know that's Poirot. That's actually three. That's played, actually by, three. played famously by David Suchet yeah. uh, in, in TV, but also uh, played currently by Kenneth Branagh in the movies. And the second Poirot... Actually, I'm not going to do any more. I just love yeah. Poirot. What, what, I have what, no idea. You also wrote Miss Marple? Porridge? Agatha Christie. Porridge, you said? Are Porridge? we talking breakfast? Do you know who John Poncherello is? Ever seen Chips? I know John Poncherello is, yes. Okay. Yeah. He um, used to play left back for Everton before We're Luca connecting. Dean. Exactly. We're connecting here. So Luca <laughs> Dean, detective. Continue. Luca Dean, detective. Uh, listen, at the end of the day, we... we <sighs> There was we knew what the issue was coming in, right? For Everton fans, they could never look past the fact that Rafa was formerly of Liverpool and the quotes that were extended during that timeline towards Everton. You get past that if you just look at the CV of the manager itself. If you didn't know if it was Rafa Benitez, obviously in his time at Liverpool, you would say for Everton, damn, that's a good manager you just hired. The reality is that Rafa hasn't had a lot of success for a while. So mm-hmm. Rafa is not the manager that we want to exalt into being in the category of elite managers. He's a fantastic manager. He's been at fantastic clubs, but he's on the slide. And taking this club with this backing, with the stadium that's coming, with this owner, with the amount of money that's spent, with still the issues behind the scenes, it was going to be really difficult. And listen, he didn't take Everton because he wanted to manage Everton. He took Everton because it was a matter of convenience. It was a marriage of convenience. The fact mm. that his wife and his children still lived in the area, that's why he took the job. Let's yeah. just simplify the equation. He says it in his statement. Basic form. In his statement, he literally said, I love the city of Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> that's in the statement. Yeah. Well, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so this where do they go from? job here? is near my house. <laughs> why have you taken it? Because I live there. That's mm. why. Yeah, uh, to be fair, so, that's why most people end up marrying whoever they end up marrying because it's you, you, long distance relationships don't work ever, yeah. never have, never will. But that's why most people end up marrying the girl next door because crossing the street is difficult. <laughs> so we get over to 
Roberto Martinez. Yes. Why? Why would he leave Belgium? Why? I mean, he he's been linked. Why with would he so stay in Belgium? The golden generation is now turned to rust and dust. But, yeah. No, I I agree You've with what Lukaku. you're saying. I've I listen. Oh boy, I agree with what you're saying. But if you are a national team manager, it's a different life. It's a different opportunity. It's a different style of managing. Does he want to go back to the day to day? If he does, great. But why go to Everton? Hmm. Oh, Graham he won't Potter. get a better job, will it? He was being linked well, with um with Barcelona, well, Martinez. Newcastle. Yeah, but break. listen, if if you're Graham Potter, or Brighton. You don't leave to go to Everton. True. If you're Ralph Hassenhutl at Southampton, you don't leave to go to Everton. No way. Everton's a disaster. A disaster right now. With money. Well, actually, I'll caveat. money. But what what have they done? How have they proven that they know how to correctly spend the money? If there's one thing I like to do on this podcast, it's regurgitate material I previously used. So I knew this was going to come in handy. This is a list of recent transfer windows for Everton Football Club because Rafa is not the only problem. Don't hire someone the fans hate on day one, okay? Like, this is not... I'm not... All executives of football clubs are either billionaires who are doing it for fun or they're executives playing with house money are generally pretty incompetent. That's how major sports run. And if you're listening to that and you do that job, please give me a job because you're stupid. So I could probably do it just as badly because I'm also equally stupid. Yeah. Um, but let me just run through some of this. Okay. So I'll go back three years. I'll just start three years ago. Just to give you an, an example of the money spent and how diabolically bad it's been done. Mm-hmm. Alex Iwobi was signed three summers ago for 30 million pounds, just short of Moise Keane was signed for £25 million. Jean-Philippe Gabamin, who I watched at Wolves earlier this season, and I'm fairly sure he was hitting the head with a frying pan as he walked out onto the field. He was so bad. Uh, Andre Gomez can't run, £22 million. Fabian Delph, £9 million. Uh, Digibril Sidibe is in this list as well, but there's a few other shockers, but that's the ones they paid money for. The next summer, Ben Godfrey, perfectly fine player, but £25 million from relegated Norwich? You could buy Norwich for this. And I don't just mean the team, I mean the city. You've seen that cathedral? It's made of marshmallows at this point. Needs a good scrub. Um, Alan, £22 million. Good tackler, can't run. Abdullah Decore, fine. 20 mil, you can have him. Niels and Kunku, I literally don't know who that is. James Rodriguez, literally don't know who that is. Is he the guy that works for St. John's Ambulance, I think? I'm not sure. Josh King on loan. Useless. You know, loads. This summer just gone. Didn't have any money for some reason for Rafa, which I think is a huge element of why I think Rafa might be a bit hard done by here. But he signed Solomon Rondon. What are you talking about? Andros Townsend. Very good in 2013. Damari Gray. Bit part player everywhere he's gone. At their moments this year, sure. But fine. But then this week... They spent £22 million on Vitaly Mikalenko, who was utterly woeful against Norwich, and yeah. Nathan Patterson from Rangers, who didn't start for some reason because Seamus Coleman is still lugging around his one knee around the Premier League 20 years <laughs> after he should have retired. Is he trying to get to a second testimonial so he can buy a boat? I don't know. Just retire, Seamus, for the love of God. But it's an awful... And I could go back a few more years. Yeah, you couple yeah. that with since 2016... Uh, well, since Martinez left. Kuman, 
Unsworth twice, Allardyce, Marco Silva, big dunk, but I'm not going to tell him to go. Ancelotti, now Rafa, now somebody else. It's constant spaff money up the wall, chaos at that club. And I don't really know how it's come to pass and what on earth they're going to do now, because that is, if that's your CV, that's your club, I would suggest just closing it down. Well, in, 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 I, (laughs) you think about it will be, um, you, you, (laughs) oh boy. We don't talk about it will be. No, you think about Theo Walcott, you think about some of these signings. I forgot Walcott. I didn't even mention Walcott. Effectively, what Everton is, is the team that buys the fringe players from top six teams. And not even that, not even that anymore. Because the fringe players, the top six teams, aren't looking to go to Everton to think that, hey, maybe I can play European football. These players will be going to Leicester. These players will be going to West Ham. These players will be going to Wolves. These players will be going to, insert name yeah. here, yeah. they're not going to Everton. So where they go from here, uh, if, you're, if you're Roberto Martinez, unless there's this burning desire to be a part of the club again because it meant that much to you during your time there. And he did have success. He got him to Europa League. They're, they're, he did have them in a, success, a successful period. I just don't understand why you wouldn't wait for a better job that's more solidified behind the scenes. Because we can talk about owner. We can talk about money. We can talk about what that stadium is going to be, which is going to be extraordinary. But right now, they are in the muck. In the muck. And I actually think, quite literally, this season, they're in relegation trouble as well with, with the way that the games have gone, the way they play. This team, whoever comes in, has got a massive, massive job. And One that's wins why September, right? One, One win, win, which was against Arsenal on yeah. the 6th of December. The win before that was against Norwich back in September. Some of these, I mean, I did the Wolves game recently, moderately recently. It was actually November now, but they were atrocious, atrocious in that game. The Brentford game, both Brentford games they yeah. played, utterly utterly pitiful uh the game against brighton in fact sorry is the other game i'm thinking of the brentford game in november and the brighton game in january terrible terrible even when even when they've been able to to win games like against hull in the fa cup they scramble past them thanks to an andros townsend thunderbolt uh we'll move on from everton now because all we can say at the moment is rafa has gone i think it's the right decision that he isn't manager anymore but I would have no confidence in the people who are choosing a replacement. Plus, right now, in January too, I can't think of a less attractive club in the Premier League to go to right now than Everton. So, big dunk caretaker to the end of the season feels quite likely. And look, I'm too scared to tell him he can't have it. off, Tom! Sorry, Andy. Let's talk about the first game of the weekend. We, we should talk about uh, the Man City-Chelsea match. That was a bit of a dirge. It was a bit of a, a waste of time in the end. I thought Chelsea were incredibly ugly. Mm. Incredibly ugly. Real spoil-the-game stuff. And with most clubs going to Man City, I'll accept it. But it's Sovereign Wealth Fund versus Russian Rubles. So it's not like it's, you know, the prince versus the pauper, you know, the rich man in his castle and the poor man in the street from the from the hymn. Anyway, um, this is properly giant versus giant. And one giant looked like they're about to win the league. And bearing in mind, Chelsea were clear at the top by a couple of points start of December. It's now what an insurmountable 13. 
What do you make of Chelsea? I mean, City, fine. They did what they did. But what did you make of Chelsea in this game? Yeah, I thought they were poor. Um, And and by the way, you know, Chelsea's going to cruise through the league and they're going to be a Champions League finish and it's not going to be an issue, whatever. They're going to make a strong run in, in all the tournaments that they're involved with outside the Premier League. But I'll tell you what, Thomas Tuchel's body language on the sideline, if I played for him and I saw him jumping up and down, swinging his arms, uh, you know, his gestures, that's got to be infuriating, man, if you're, if you're one of his players on the field. You pop in his top, by the way, Beanie, Timmy Tickles, don't rock that anymore. Not a good look. No. Not a good look. little reservoir tip, not a, never a good look with that type of Beanie. Uh, but they were pinned. They were, they were pinned their first line of contention because man city is so intelligently, uh, influential with possession and the way that they move the ball around. They, I mean, they, they had Chelsea chasing shadows, dropping deeper and deeper and deeper. And without a shadow of a doubt, if you're just talking about possession with purpose, no one touches man city. Mm -hmm. They can speed it up. They can slow it down. But to have Chelsea pinned the way they did so deep, the only chances they had in transition. And what, three chances in transition to, with respect to Lukaku making bad decisions with the ball and not shooting in dangerous positions outside the 18, just inside the 18 with that cutback ball. They, they were just poor, really, really poor, top to bottom. I mean, Chelsea, they are a better side than what they showed in this game, I think. They've got better performances in them than what we saw. I but do they though so, against I think City? They, I think do they do. They? I, I think, but I think they do. I think they executed this plan a lot better, say in the Champions League final. I actually mm. think that the City weren't incredible on the day. They they weren't at their best by any stretch. But Chelsea, I mean Ziyech, no, I'm sorry. Some players don't suit certain leagues. This guy doesn't. Pulisic, totally anonymous. Yeah. I, I think this is too high a level. I think he's a very very good player, but I think he's an Arsenal player, not a Chelsea Champions League player. He's a fourth to eighth not uh and that I, I don't think that's the bigger a big like wow what a big that's great that's a good level it's an incredible level you're in the best league in the world and you're playing in the top half but Chelsea are a cut above that well if they want to compete with Man City you've got to be Pulisic they'll get a game for Man City and that's got to be the level but Lukaku Lukaku going through on goal 46th minute it's all about him taking these chances you buy a 100 million pound striker they take these chances and he didn't. Hmm. You know, Grealish missed his as well. Another £100 million player that's not doing anything <laughs> for Man City. But Lukaku, another game where he sort of sauntered around a bit. You know, oh, I'm not happy the manager's not playing me where I want to play. Hmm. Where do you want to play then, mate? Like, where do you think you're going to play for any team in the world apart from central striker? What Antonio Conte got out of Lukaku? The more this goes on, the more we consider Lukaku's career in the rounds... I think Antonio Conte takes as much credit for what happened to Lukaku during his time in the Premier League Retirement League than maybe Lukaku does for what he achieved over there. Because this guy, he just doesn't do it in this league. I'm not sure. It's not that he's not bothered. I think he's he's a person that lacks passion. And I think he lacks that kind of switch that Diego Costa used to have. Where it'd be like, right, it's on me to win this game. I think no, there, like, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, there's, there's a killer mentality. You're, yes, you're talking about it. that killer mentality. Exactly yeah. right. And and Diego Costa, <clears throat> much like say Luis Suarez, these guys fabricate different situations to then 
you know, get themselves going, get themselves amped up, take them one step higher than already having that killer instinct. So I get, listen, you're, you're talking to me. I was a Man- I'm Manchester United fan, right? So we had Lukaku spent 80 million on him from Everton and in games in which he plays against weaker center backs, you know that he's going to great chances. He's just, he's intelligent with his movements and he has the strength and ability to create opportunities for himself in games at the weekend. Uh, let me, hold on. Let me pull this back. Antonio Conte, when you have Lataro Martinez playing off of his shoulder, I think that's what he's insinuating. He wants somebody, whether it's Kai Havertz or whoever, to play right off his shoulder so he has a little bit of quick little one-two as opposed to hold the ball up, deal with all these big center backs doubling up, a, a defensive midfielder back pressing, and then he's just a hold-up play. He, he doesn't want to be a hold-up player. He wants to be a guy that's super dynamic. So I get what you're saying. And by the way, it also kind of shows us when you're referencing Jack Grealish, Jack Grealish wasn't brought to Man City to put them over the top. No. Jack Grealish was brought to Man City to be another part of the equation. Lukaku was brought to Chelsea to be the final chess piece and find the solution to mm. having a guy that could bang 25 to 30 goals a season in all competition, and he's falling short. Mm. Now, the one thing I'll say is, yes, it is on Lukaku because he's the player, right? He's got to take his chances. He's got to make the decisions on the field. He's got to be the finisher that they paid for. But at the same time, I'll also put the pressure back on Thomas Tuchel because for Thomas Tuchel, he has to, has to figure out a way to get Lukaku to kick on, to get that little bit more out of him. And right now, this formation in games like this does not suit his strengths, no. it plays to his weaknesses. I mean, I feel sorry in a way for uh, the conehead in charge because he doesn't <laughs> want to play Marcus Alonso anymore. Like I was at the Man United game recently and he spent the entire game screaming at Marcus Alonso. He's the backup wing back and he's having to play a lot of football and he looked like he was an old man hmm. in a game like this. That's been Equator, great servant, good in a back three, good in a back four at set and a half or right back. Right wing know, back starters. at this moment, yeah. absolutely nice. not. Can't do it. Um, How good Mads was Kovacic? Are fine. Co- Kovacic was Kovacic and Conte are great players. I mean, best they're player. a great balance. They, 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 I mean, he was fantastic. The way he Sar carried the ball, the ball through away. the game is brilliant. Sar I mean, Kepa as well. Look, you know, yeah, these sound yeah. like excuses, but I don't care about Chelsea in that way. So I think these are the reasons they lost the game. If Edouard Mendy wasn't off playing AFCON, he makes the save from that De Bruyne shot, which wasn't great. Like it wasn't a great effort. It was a, it was great, great the way he got away from Conte he was out of position momentarily and then put in a poor challenge to allow De Bruyne to run towards the penalty area. But that shot isn't right in the corner. It's not a great connection. But he's Kepa just shielded and quick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes left. But he's also not got the reaction speed, not got the stretch. He was bouncing. He, he, got caught, he got caught in his bounce. Yep. Got he caught, got caught in the caught bounce. bounce. Yep. It's, and, 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 you know, Kepa has been okay in terms of, you know, our low expectation of what we've seen of him. But a better goalkeeper is in goal. And he saves that. Better wingbacks are on the field and they've got someone, I mean, Reese James up against one wingback and Chilwell against the other is better than what they put forward. And maybe even, I mean, not playing Mason Mount as well, their best player. I, hmm. I, I, I mean, whether there was something I don't know about, but the fact he can come on for 20 minutes means to me he can start the game. To not play your best player and play Pulisic and Ziyech and Lukaku as a trio, all sorts of errors, but there we are. Title race over. What are you going to do, huh? Let's talk a bit about Man United because uh, that was the game I was doing on Sirius XMFC on Saturday. Yeah, good call. Um, good call. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, en- I enjoyed the game a lot, actually. It was brilliant. Um, 
but there's so, there's so much to break down in this game. Yeah. And I want to get to Villa because I want to talk about Coutinho coming on. Yeah. Yeah. Carney, Chukwemeka, who I thought was great. 18-year-old coming on, involved in the goal. Luca Dean, how much could Everton have done with a player that good at left back this weekend against, against Norwich? All of that. Um, but let's start with Man United because they actually, I thought, were very, very good for 45 minutes. The goal was lucky. Martinez makes the howler, sure. But they were very good. Great pressing. Really front thinking in the way they played. But as the game went on, they just seemed to fade and fade yep. and fade. It didn't feel like Rangnick knew what to do about it. And I think that's highlighted by the fact with a minute to go, he brings on Van der Beek and Jesse Lingard and mm. gives them miscellaneous positions to see the game through. Yeah. So uh, let's start. In my opinion, my humble, humble opinion, that was the best 45 minutes I've seen Manchester United play collectively with the idea of what Rangnick is trying to get out of this group. And I think the press, which leads to the turnover, which leads to the goal, is kind of the perfect example of that. I thought actually up in the 70th minute, they played really well. And then two things happened. One, you could tell that not having McTominay available changes what the legs were needed in the midfield. Matt, Matt, Nemanja Matic is such an intelligent positional player but does not have the legs to play week in, week out, 90 minutes. And in games where you're asking for that intelligence, but at the same time, you've got a team that uh, an opponent that's throwing on a couple special players. He, he just, he couldn't, but by the way, it's not his fault. It is kind of his fault, but it's not his fault. Rafael Veron, you go back and watch those two goals. Mm. Horrendous, horrendous. He, I, okay. As a United fan, happy that they signed him flip side. Every time I watched him in Champions League without Sergio Ramos at Real Madrid, he had an absolute shocker. Mm. He's not a leader. He's not a vocal leader. He is a very good footballer. He needs somebody next to him to ring him in and to help him and communicate with him because the, he's been poor. He's been poor since he joined United. He's not as good as we expected him to be. Nobody, nobody would agree with that. So up until that 70-minute, that 70 when you're talking about legs in the midfield, McTominay was a presence that was missing on the day. Now, that being said, Aston Villa is good, man. They can play. Mm. They can play. Steven Gerrard and the changes that he made and the adjustments, little tweaks here and there. I, and by the way, his, his stature, like his body language on the sideline, really, really impressive. Yeah. Ultimate type of leader. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing from his managerial stint so far. But Coutinho was special. Coutinho, the... the especially on the, the first goal, the turn into space when he could have played wide and then he looked a little dip right, dip left, get away around the first midfielder and then drive into the box. Even though he didn't mean to lay that ball off, the ball kind of mm. got away from him. The fact that he got so central so quick and then the run at the pack post, Veron loses him. He's off his back shoulder. He, Veron gets caught diving at the ball, trying to cut it out and it's a simple tapping at the back post. But continue like, by the way, Liverpool fans, if you're a Liverpool fan, and I, I had some Liverpool fans in my timeline, blow it out your tailpipe if you're going to literally celebrate Philip Coutinho because you guys wanted to string him up and he was the most hated player in the history of football because he wanted to leave for Barcelona and now all of a sudden you guys are celebrating Philip Coutinho? No, you don't get to, morons. Sorry. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. The... the, the, the... 
retrofitting of the history of Coutinho at Liverpool by a lot of supporters, certainly ones that we know and ones that according to our network, no one seemed to be that happy for him. But it's like people who, people who, a player comes through your youth team, for example, and they leave when they're 19. I know West Ham fans that are like proud of the careers of like Frank Lampard and Jermaine Defoe. No, no, no. I'm sorry, no. You haven't got to feel anything about it, but like all this like pride of it. No, not if you're a proper team. No, I, I agree with that. But I mean, he came on and did... Steven Gerrard, one thing I love about him, which someone highlighted on Twitter, I forget who it was. I'd credit him if I could. It's incredible. Whatever the reverse is of going bald, that's what's happening to him. Like... Le- Lego hit- helmet. Hairline. The yeah. man's in his 40s. Yeah. Like, that is the hair of someone on their first day of infant school or kindergarten. <laughs> He's got that's a three-head. Expect- not a forehead. It's, inc- <laughs> it's incredible. It, there's so... Much of it, the thickness yeah. of Steven Gerrard is impressive. Family Who's shot. got more, him and Arteta? Oh, Arteta's isn't a real head of hair, though. Like, sure? Steven Gerrard's hair has a softness to it, which makes mm. me believe it's real. I'm not sure. I mean, I, anyone listening, if you have, do let us know. But I don't think anyone has actually seen Mikko Arteta in the flesh. <laughs> I think he is a hologram like Tupac. Oh. And that's okay. why his hair doesn't look real because none of it's real okay and what happened the other week when he wasn't there is because they didn't pay their electricity bill because bills had gone through the roof so it was either floodlights or the manager and that's why whatever his name was steuvenberg with the with the ipods or whatever the app the airpods was in charge whatever um by the way you think antonio conte takes his lego helmet off and like sets it on the light stand at night when he goes to sleep you can't put a weave like that on the nightstand because if that goes up the house goes up in 20 seconds you got to be careful. Yeah, well, you heard me, Antonio. The balls v the head. That's the real civil war that's coming. And we've got Statham. Who have you got? Elton John. I could take Elton John. Um, Coutinho coming on was a fantastic uh, move. I, I think that that is that is what they brought him for. You, when you can bring class on from the bench, even past their peak, someone like that, if they've got desire and hunger to prove people wrong, which Coutinho has... That made a big difference. But also, by the same token, the 18-year-old, Carney Chukwameka, who come on. You know, I think he's come on in a few of the most recent games. His brother plays for the club as well. Brilliant impact. Incredible confidence on the ball. You combine that with, with Jacob Ramsey, who scored the first goal. Mm. There is something happening at Aston Villa. There's something really, really happening there. And if Gerrard can harness it and keep players fit, he's got to find a way to get Ings and Watkins to work together or pick one or the other. But... <laughs> Defending a lead or defending at the halt end with 10 minutes to go and Coutinho comes on. That feels like about as tough as it gets right now. Great for them. A couple of bits on Manu before we move on. Firstly, the Martial row. Rangnick mm. said words along the lines of he just didn't want to come. Martial has responded on the gram saying I'd never refuse to play. Uh, Ronaldo's not there. Injured, quote unquote. It's, it's becoming a little bit of uh, the manager's trying to throw his weight around and he ain't got no weight to throw. Yeah, listen, who cares? It's Anthony Martial. He's been, he, he, he's been at times important because there was nobody else playing. And the reality is if he leaves, nobody's going to miss him. No. He's not in, he's, he is never in contention for a starting position. Ever. Yeah. Unless you've got guys that are, you know, four or five guys are either suspended on international duty or uh, injured. 
and then they could just call the game off and follow Arsenal's lead. But what does, does it say anything that, I mean, Ronaldo, we assume is injured, right? But we know that he publicly on Sky Sports this week admonished through a very thin veil the manager, the club, their no, ambitions, no their it. targets, the players. No, but we know he yeah. did it. Yeah. So, you know, there's no, it's not a case of like he gave an interview, move on, as some have suggested. Yeah. You haven't got a problem with it, but you accept that he did it, as I, I believe that he did it, and everyone thinks that. Um, except if you're some sort of weird Man United loyalty, loyalist who still thinks Solskjaer was good. You know, I can't help you if you're, you think that. Um, but there's that. There's the Martial thing. There's the, the loss of form of so many players. There's, there's lots of little... There's the Rashford thing. I don't know what's happened to him. I ain't got a clue, was yeah. basically his answer. I mean, there's lots of little things. And yeah. the constant Bruno Fernandes whinging like a little bitch. I Wait, mean, let me ask you this. Very tough. Is there a coincidence that Manchester United probably played their best football on both sides of the ball for 60, 70 minutes the other day and Cristiano Ronaldo was not involved? I don't think it's a coincidence, but I think the fact that they're trying to do it with Cavani up front playing yet another 90-plus minutes when he clearly doesn't have the legs for it oh, he's was so another good, key though. contributing factor. Yeah, he's a 20-minute Cavani- player, though. Cavani gives you so much. I For just 20 wish minutes. He, I, I wish he was just five years younger. Five yeah, years younger. Don't we all? Because, you know, you talk about you, another one, Lukaku Cavani. Who would you take? You take Cavani in a heartbeat. At their peak, yeah. Oh, my God. So But right now, you've got to kind of pick the person who can run. Yeah, well, he, can, he runs more than Cristiano. Yeah, for five minutes. Well, still five minutes more than Cristiano. <laughs> good point well made. It's a good point well made. I didn't say that. He did. Remember that. I hear Duncan Ferguson's a big friend. I want to talk about West Ham briefly. I know it's not the big story of the weekend, but it was the game I was at on Sunday, sitting next to my friend who's a Leeds fan, so very much enjoyed that. Uh, Jack Harrison, the first Leeds United player to score a league hat-trick against West Ham United mm. since Russell Wainscote in April 1927. Uh, thank you, Opta Joe, for that one. Um, a brilliant game of football from a neutral perspective. I thought West Ham, look, West Ham have overperformed massively for a couple of years, as we all know. Once again, the Champions League door is swinging open, and it's games like this that in the end may well cost them, as it did last year when they lost at Newcastle with a few games to go. But, you know, this is not something that... There will be times during this podcast where I'll throw my toys violently from Pram, uh, but this is not one of those times, because West Ham have got 37 points, and it's January. So I'm super chill, okay? So <laughs> we'll, we can park that for later. It's a coming, folks. Uh, but right now, I, I just don't feel it because West Ham have more than exceeded my expectation. Uh, though I will say there is no reason ever to play Andre Yarmolenko. Like there's not a scenario in football <laughs> where you would bring on Andre Yarmolenko. The guy, I just, I, you know, I, I hate to get personal about these things, but as a player, yeah. I've never, and as a fan, this is as well, Hated a footballer as much as I hate Andre Yarmolenko. That much, huh? That I despise much. Andre Yarmolenko. Okay. Doesn't try, has no skill, has no brain. One of, if not the highest paid players at the club. Yep. And the Moisai has done an amazing job. But to take off Fornells and Vlasic and bring on Masuaku and the biggest waste of money since the Test and Trace app in the UK, <laughs> then I, that didn't make a great deal of sense to me. But they still should have drawn it with... Iron Bowen missing an opening goal at the end. But yeah, again, yeah. too many West Ham people have got too much credit in the bank for this to be a massive problem, apart from Diop and Yamalenko. But Leeds, God, you've got to love Leeds, right? Because think about the Arsenal game, which we are going to get to because we've got to talk about it. Getting called off, 
Think about the team Leeds had to play against Arsenal a few weeks ago. Yeah. When Martinelli yeah. scored those couple of goals. And Leeds, Leeds had a 15-year-old on the bench against West Ham on yep. Sunday. Still, they got two injuries in the first half when they had to bring on two, two teenage minutes. debutantes. Yeah. No Phillips still, no Bamford still. Even those that are fit now aren't fully fit. Rodrigo could only play a few minutes. Rafinha is not fully fit. Forshaw, who's been great, went off. You know, blah, blah, blah. So many problems. You know how many times they whinged about it? Zero times. Yep. Yep. And, and David Moyes quite rightly said post-game that he wasn't happy that West Ham played 90 minutes Wednesday when Leeds had a week off from the, the Leeds game. And he said, yeah, that is whinging a bit, but fine, that's a fact of it. They look fresher than us. But go on, Leeds, for looking fresher than West Ham, considering what they have been through this season. They're the blueprint for what teams should be doing now. And it's, have you got 11 players? Then we play, then we play, then we play. And do you think if West Ham had drawn that game, Bielsa would have come out and said, well, you know, COVID, injuries, issues? Absolutely not. And I I, I thought they were spectacular and they should have won it. Considering this is a relegation-threatened team going into the game against a, a team in fourth, you know, that's the, that's the black and white of it. You can work out the yeah. minutiae of those statements if you want to, but that's the black and white of it. And the more that game went on, the stronger Leeds got, the more belief they got. And I just thought they were brilliant. And Jack Harrison with a hat-trick, MLS star. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Premier League hat-trick. No, don't do that. He wasn't no, I, an MLS star. I saw the at Sirius XMFC yeah, no, Twitter page saying it, so I'm no, saying it. He's not. He wasn't. It was, a, it was a terrible NYCFC team, and he was okay. And guess what? Because NYFC, NYCFC, uh, they, they do drafted don't, him don't you do it. out of Wake Forest. All they did was literally sign him and put him on loan at Leeds United. Never deemed him good enough for Manchester City. And what a brilliant City. idea that was. Fantastic. It strengthened and made them some money. With strength in Leeds United made them some money, but he's he wasn't an MLS star. We got we got. You should MLS. you should claim he him. He played in MLS. Claim him. Uh, oh yeah, no, he played in MLS. You could claim him. It's okay. He played in MLS in the same way that that some like West Ham fans claim Frank Lampard. You can claim Jack Harrison. It's okay. Hey, we yeah. Uh, Josh Sargent still has not played in MLS. You can you can take him back. <laughs> Well, he hasn't ever played here, so I don't think there's a return policy. No, I mean, uh, the, the, the country can take him back. Not as a footballer, because oh, that oh, is obviously not understood. what he's... Do they still have grocery baggers? Uh, they do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great job for Josh Sargent. Oh, wow. Great job for him. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, Though, to be fair, I would make sure he was supervised at all times. Hey, by the way, we have a bit of a... we. I don't know if you've looked at the schedule. By the time of our next recording of Week in the Tackle podcast, yes. Sunday... January 22nd. Yes. Manchester United, West Ham. It is. Yes, it is. Is it, It's the Saturday. Yeah, it is. Saturday. It? Um, so what so are you going to do? Do some ketchup again for a hot sauce challenge? Or... No, I'm not going to do anything. Oh. I'm not going to do anything. going to be about? We got to have something on the line. Uh, well, I just, I just don't know. I don't How about think... this? How about yes, this? Go on. How about this? Go on. What's like, what's your favorite, like, what's your favorite alcohol to take a shot of? I'd have to say water. What? That's not an alcohol. Hey, it is for the purposes of this game. I'll do a water. What do you want to do? Uh, I don't want to do water. Water? Who does a water? I don't shot things because I'm not a 17-year-old in Cancun. What if you drink it quickly? Uh, and tip your head back whilst doing so. I've very much been enjoying a bullet bourbon recently. Oh, you like bullet? Okay. Yes, I'm a, I'm yes. a gentleman. I like Gentleman Jack. I've been drinking Maker's Mark for a okay. few years, but I got a bottle of Bullet for Christmas, and it's okay. okay. Do you now? Are are you? Do you put ice in yours? 
Uh, I like to make it into an old fashioned if I can. An old fashioned, okay. Yes. Okay. If Put I a little can. bitters in there, a little yeah. orange peel, a little orange, okay, okay. okay. A little orange peel, a couple of couple of cherries, okay. maybe. Okay. So let's do this. Yes. Let's next recording. Mm-hmm. Both of us, you'll mm-hmm. have a bullet, old fashioned. I'll have a little gentleman jack. We'll just have a little while we're while we're recording, and yes. we'll do a cheers. We'll do a cheers, if you will. And okay. Then Whoever has lost as we do our cheers and we have a little sip, whoever has lost the game will then tip their head back and drink quickly as uh, <laughs> to you. So, wait, so, so you basically want to do a shot, basically, is no, what you want I mean, to do. Potato, potato. But I'm not that confident of West Ham winning, so why would I do this? Why would well, I get involved listen, in this? Have you watched, man? You, you've been killing Manchester United for... You just literally said... We have 37 points. I'm not too concerned. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm not, You've I'm been not too concerned. Ralph yes. Rangnick. You just literally said Cristiano Ronaldo. We don't and, usually get 37 points. We usually get 37 points till May, and you've got Cristiano Ronaldo. This is the best. Yeah, the blessing or the curse. Which one? Ours is an unexpected position, but I'm not going around saying we're the biggest, best club in the world. You're we, you five know. points ahead of us. Right yeah, played 100 games more than we. <laughs> So I, I don't feel, know. Well, I feel like you're something. wobbling. You're wobbling right now. Yeah, well, I think we're going to finish sixth. But I've said that all year, and I'd be delighted with sixth. <laughs> I'd absolutely okay. take it. But fourth is open. But they just lost to Leeds. I've been at West Ham Leeds, and we lost today. What did you want from me? Balls out <laughs> confidence. Should have called me on Wednesday when we beat Norwich. Yeah. And I want to want to bet so, my bucks on that. So so we'll we'll do this. We'll enjoy a nice little nip. Like it'll okay. be an early afternoon for you, and it'll be a very early morning for myself. But I'm, yes. I'm, I'm here to sacrifice. Unless we record for... on Sunday night. Oh, we can do that. UK well. time, which is yeah. better for me. Okay, well, let's do that. Yeah. yeah. This is an on-air production meeting now. Um, One o'clock then, my time. Perfect. It's Sunday yeah, afternoon. okay. No, I'm not looking forward to next week, to be honest. I hope Sochik's back and, and Zuma and, you know, the good players. <laughs> and no more Issa Diop and Yarmolenko, please. I've suffered enough. I told you I'm moaning a bit. Got to talk to you about this briefly uh, before we get to the Arsenal story last. But I do want to mention James Ward-Prowse because I think a lot of our listeners, certainly in America, might not know him that well. The free kick he scored mm. against Wolverhampton Wanderers. They lost the game. It's not one of those free kicks that was like pivotal in terms of the match. But check out this free kick. Already over a million, uh, 1.3 million views now on the Southampton Twitter page. And that doesn't take into account YouTube and all this sort of stuff. 35 yards out, left of center. This is a sublime free kick. He kind of, I want you to talk about the technique a little bit. I know that, you know, this is not exactly your forte because you are more get your face in the way of the free kick than take it. But you'll certainly be able to give it a critique more than I can here. But the way he cuts across it, the way the ball, and Jose Sars, brilliant goalkeeper, this cuts left in the air, right in the air, but then also seems to just say straight the entire way to goal. It's 12 goals direct from free kicks now. Only David Beckham has scored more in the Premier League. Yeah, he's... Uh, is, okay, so there's a couple things, right? The distance in which he's taking the free kick suggests that the goalkeeper should do better. But the way he cuts across it, I want uh, for those, again, it's over on Southampton's uh, Twitter page. The way he cuts across it, he torques his body. He, he, he literally collapses his left side of his body and his head down as he strikes the ball. But then he swings through with his right and then lands on his strike foot. So he's making this cutting motion for this ball to go up and down. The, the fact that he's made it go up and down is one thing. But the accuracy 
in which he's gone over the left-hand side of the wall, the keeper's side of the wall. And I'll tell you what, the goalie's not cheating. He just can't really sightline it immediately. And the fact that the ball's come and if you go back and you look behind the goal, as the ball's coming at the goalkeeper, then it buckles hard to his left. And there's absolutely nothing he can do about it. It's, it's one of those where you're, sorry, Andy, around after practice and you're like oh here we go and you just have a swipe at it and you try to make it buckle well that's what he did except he did in a premier league match did in a premier league match so um he i I would liken him to maybe what christian erickson was at spurs all those years ago like free kick specialist service specialist that's what james ward process is in my eyes uh, in the top seven of direct free kick goal scorers, David Beckham is one, James Ward Prowse is joint two. Can you name the other five most direct free kick goals scored in Premier League history? Uh, I would say Frank Lampard has to be up there. Not in this list, no. Really? Frank Lampard isn't less than 11. So it's 11, 12, then 18 for David Beckham. Christian Eriksen is up there, right? Christian Eriksen is not in there. Really? Yeah. How far does this list go back? Uh, the entire history of the Premier League, oh. going to '92. But everyone in here is relatively recent. Relatively. Oh, I was going to say Eric Cantona. Um, hmm, it's a good one. So, draw some clues. Yeah, no, because yeah, we've got a finite amount of time. Yeah. Um, clue number one: diminutive Italian. Uh, uh, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my god! Blank. Yeah, I can see his face. Uh, assistant coach Jim uh, Franco Zola. Jim Franco Zola yeah. with twelve. Okay. Um, Clue number two for player number two, a certain va-va-voom. Oh, uh, you're talking about hair. Yeah. Uh, f- ah, I went, ah, uh, I can see it. Ginola. No, no, that's yeah. actually not too bad a guess, but it, um, was in America for a bit. Nice beard. Can't get a job now. Was in America for a bit. Yes, right? yes. Frank Lampard. <laughs> but he's French because he's got va-va-voom. Uh, Thierry Henry. Correct. Okay. Um, Lazy Man United striker. <laughs> Van Nisselrooy. <laughs> Plays there still. Oh, uh, right now? Striker? Yeah, yeah it was Cristiano. kind of a joke. Yes, yes, yeah. Ronaldo, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, these are tougher. Um, well, but by the way, does it have the last time Cristiano Ronaldo scored from a free kick? Uh, it says seven million years ago. Oh, um, Swedish winger who played for Sunderland. That's not a great clue. They played for Sunderland. Do some Swedish names. You'll get it. <laughs> There's only three of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Give it to me. Seb Larsson. Would you oh, Seb, Seb Larsson? Larsson. Good player. Probably. Yeah, good player. Yeah, and the yeah, other yeah. one, this is a really surprising one, this. Um, French Robert. Pires. Oh, no, that wasn't a great clue. Uh, Lauren Robert. I couldn't do a clue. Oh, Lauren Robert. It's yeah. late at night. Oh, really? Robert? 11. 11. Left it, huh? Incredible. Anyway, Ward Prowse, better than all those Frenchies. Let's talk a bit about Arsenal. We, 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 we went to do an awful lot in the derby today on today's programme, but it got yeah. called off. And um, it's, it's caused some controversy, let's just say. Thomas Tuchel said, said on Friday, um, he hoped that everyone was, was being assessed by the same rules. Ralph Harsenhutu had to go into a game last year against Man United and lost it 9-0 mm-hmm. with a bunch of like five-year-olds playing but was forced to play because of this rule. Um, and David Moyes, look, again, you can call this whinging if you want, but he did say that, um, and this is, goes to it, that the Norwich game was played on Wednesday. They had two games against Leeds either side. Leeds had 
a week off and West Ham didn't. And that's why they look knackered in the game against Leeds. We've got to be full throttle because they had a rearranged game. West Ham said they don't want to play the game on Wednesday. The Premier League made them do it. So the exact same thing. But it's another thing from this weekend yeah. showing the unhappiness of it. And <clears throat> there's a great bit from the Daily Mail. Um, they took it from Transfer Marked, I think. Here's the team that could have been available to Arsenal this weekend. Fully available. Ready? Ramsdale in goal. A back four of Pablo Mari, Rob Holding, Gabriel and Nuno Tavares. Ben White and Sambi Lukonga could have played in midfield with Patino and Martinelli supporting Lacazette and Nketiah up front. That team cost Arsenal £189.4 million. Pounds. Yeah. Tottenham's team cost £150 million. So the Arsenal 11, they could have played, but said, we ain't got enough players, Gov. Cost more than Tottenham's first team that could have played this weekend. Why yeah. did this request get accepted? There is no way this one of all of them yeah. can be immediately justified by a COVID breakout when you consider Leicester and Leeds and other teams, but those yeah. are the biggest ones this season have had to play, play, and play. It doesn't make sense. I, I, I understand the the desire of this was intended to protect teams during COVID outbreaks. It was not intended to protect teams from players leaving for AFCON. It was not intended to protect teams from players that were suspended because of decisions that they had made in previous matches on the field. This was supposed to be for COVID outbreaks. Um of course, you got to be furious across the board for all of these other teams that had asked for games to be postponed that were denied to then look at Arsenal and say, hold on a second. You knew, and I had the same, I had the same conversation about Mane and Keita and Mo Salah leaving for AFCON with Liverpool. There is a certain amount of responsibility that is on the club, the directors, the manager, when you have decided to sign a player with an international pedigree. You are going to lose these players and you understand because they are the elite amongst the elite that there's going to be a chance that they are not going to be available. That had nothing to do or should have nothing to do with games being postponed because of COVID outbreaks. And if you're going to try to suggest to me that they had one or two COVID outbreaks then combined with injuries, uh, AFCON, and suspensions... Oh, and by the way, allowed two players to leave on loan midweek before the game. It's BS that they were allowed to postpone this game. This is not a nefarious thing that's happened here. This is not like people always want to make it seem like it's some sort of great conspiracy. And this game getting called off meant that all the Arsenal players could go and get a tracker from Bill Gates or something. No, this is not. <laughs> there's no, it's always competence. And I just wonder whether part of this is to keep the top six sweet, to keep the Super Leaguers sweet, whether that is conscious or unconscious. I, I don't know. And I, I feel like I could be really harsh here, but I don't know the answer. But part of it stinks. It completely stinks that this game was called off. And maybe it's because one of these two teams will, with all probability, be in the Champions League next year and one of them will not be. And if it ends up being this game is the game that costs one of those two teams their spot, the Premier League don't want that to be part of that conversation because 
maybe it matters less compared to Leicester finishing either 12th or 11th or Burnley going down. You know, maybe that maybe that's part of it. I don't think it should, but yeah. it's one of those things where they'll say it doesn't. And then years later, we'll read a book by someone involved in it who goes, <laughs> oh, yeah, of course we did. Of course we did, mate. I'm Mark Clattenburg. Of course, I played the occasion and not the game at the time. No, no, just the rules. I don't know. Annoying is what it was. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we go, before we go oh, this week, oh. I've had an idea. Okay. You're a celebrity, right? Uh, I think what we should do, because I'm today, I don't, it's a long way from the game, and my confidence in West Ham beating Man U is quite low. But I think as a celebrity, we could run this for the week. Let's get some suggestions for what we can do. Oh, Maybe put a little poll up. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. one is the hot sauce shot, fine. One is an alcohol shot, fine. Come up with some other bits. I don't know what it could be. 20 press-ups. <laughs> 20 press-ups, or we can think of something. But if we put some, what can we do? What can yeah. we bet? Because yeah. the hot sauce, well, I'm happy to do it, but I will not be able to get a hot sauce that you get. <laughs> yeah, you'll yeah, you'll yeah. say that I'm a whip, and you'd be 100% accurate. But let's, <laughs> let's okay. uh, at SiriusXMFC, you can tweet us individually. Daniel put something up as a celebrity. We'll get Tim to when he's ever back from his birthday. 40. Looks great. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get it up on the account and we'll, we'll think about it. But we should, we should do something. But right now, I'm a bit concerned you might win. And that's going to really annoy me enough without having to also do a shot. Well, that is this week's episode of, of Week in the Tackle. Be back with us next week where I would have done 20 press-ups whilst doing a shot of bullet bourbon and rubbing hot sauce into my eyeballs. Um, that's the bet, right? Okay, one of those. Not sure which one. Maybe not the eyeballs. Uh, that's next week's show. If you enjoyed this week's show, leave us a five-star rating. Leave a review. Um, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You should also tell your friends as well. If there's one thing we have learned in the last two years is that things spread between friends. So instead of giving them like COVID or the Omicron, give them Week in the Tackle this week. Tell one friend this week to listen to this podcast uh, it's also available on the SXM app which is free for most subscribers of SiriusXM download today and tap podcast you also get video clips of the show on Twitter and Instagram look for at SiriusXMFC Week in the Tackle is part of the SiriusXM podcast network and is produced by Tim Horsey the executive producer is Pete Corey Sound design was by Joey DeFazio. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM FC's Program Director, Joe Tolleson. SiriusXM Podcasts.